Welcome back to Investing 404, the podcast for amateur investors for amateur investors. I'm Garvin, I have Chris here with me. We've both been investing for over a year and we'd like to give an insight on how we analyze companies for investment. Right, welcome to another special episode. Today we're talking about the 2021 outlook. So industries, countries and stocks we think are going to absolutely crush it in 2021 and going further. On a side note, if you're interested to see what our 2020 looked like, our best and worst trades, look at the previous 2020 episode. Right, Goff, um, I guess we go in turns. You're first up. What is your country, industry, share you would like to bring up for 2021? Well, for, for me, the, the number one thing um, in 2021, I think I've mentioned this previously, is it's going to be uh, clean energy. I think we mentioned how the clean energy ETF has risen significantly all year. Um, and I see that continuing in a very strong sense when Biden comes into to force. I mean, a lot of it is priced in, but I mean, from... Um, Ehang and the electronic drones to Tesla's skyrocketing share price last year. I don't see how that slows down in 2021. So I think maybe not the highest riser, but it's 100% going to be a heavy portion of my portfolio uh, into, uh, into next year. Yeah, that's great. We have the first overlap. Uh, it was also one of my top three items. <laughs> um, yeah, clean energy for sure with all the new you know, stimulus packages in Europe, in the US, and even in China. Uh, China's being left out from the conversation, but they are investing so much in clean energy, right? Agreed. Neo also saw that massive jump, right? So just to show that demand's not just um, in the Western world, it's everywhere um, in for electric output electric cars and so on saying that though i think clean energy as in general um so hydrogen uh, wind power solar i think those will do really well what i'm less certain about is all these hyped up electric car makers i i can't see tesla going much further that would be my number one bet now tesla will remain at this level or lower and probably same for a lot of these other players I'll log this in as my number one bet and we can put this on Instagram so people can follow. <laughs> yeah, it actually, um, com- funny, I actually completely agree with you there, Chris. Um, uh, I've got a couple solar energy stocks that I was looking at uh, for individual investment, um, which I haven't yet invested in because I wanted to make sure I had enough cover in the ETFs itself right now. But there's a whole bunch of um, solar companies from solar edge to next extra and so on so on first solar so there's a whole bunch of companies that are, i really see that really booming in the next year so i guess f- for this one Goff, we've already mentioned it the iShares clean energy is probably the best investment for 2021 and going forward right yeah again completely our opinion uh please uh, make your own investment decisions oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's just two random people on the internet who have random opinions I go with the most boring one first and the most obvious one. And Gov has already seen what I've done in my portfolio. But I'm going with turnaround stocks. This is our oil industry, banking, travel. I think there's, number one, these stocks have fallen out of market sentiment. Everyone's focused on the other side. For oil, it's clean energy. For banking, it's you know digital payments. And for travel, it's stay at home. <laughs> um, but I've, I've put together like a, like a small uh, mini portfolio of like 20 shares. 
and they include you know uh, Shell, BP, Airbus, Rolls Royce, um, just to name a few, and they've got IAG in there. Um, I am betting um, fully on these industries to come back and then go in with similar valuations to what we see across the board right now for you know other industries like slightly higher valued than they were before the crash just because of all the money that has come in so my my i guess my second bet for 2021 would be these turnaround stocks and they might not come in the beginning of the year that's that's a clear one i think those are more likely to come in by the end of the year and and reason being all the earnings announcements for especially travel companies or banking will probably have some surprise in there because, you know, a 40% growth rate for a big company like Booking.com is crazy. But they'll probably do it because year on year, they probably grew 40% because this year was so horrendous. It's hard to comment on that, Chris, because I feel like the logic is very sound, but I don't know if that's the route I'm going to take. Um, so, yeah, I think the logic is sound. I feel like it's for sure going to make a solid return. Uh, I just don't think I'd, like with the limited funds I have, Let's just say I have a higher risk appetite for 2021, uh, <laughs> and I feel I'm a, I'm a lot more optimistic of where we could be um, outside sort of ETFs and so on. So, yep, that makes sense. Um, what I've also done, and like a small tip on the side, if anyone has trading two one two, you can create these pies. You put an allocation on it, like five percent each or whatever allocation you want. You put a hundred pounds in. And it will split it between those 10, 20, 30 companies you put in there. So that's a top tip because um, that's how I'm investing in these turnaround stocks. I don't want to have too much allocation in them. It's just like another position, another small ETF as such. Yeah, make, makes a lot of sense. Uh, Goff, let's get to number two on your list. Yeah, I think we're going to get to my ETFs, but I think they're a bit further down. Um, my number two is actually quite different. Um, it's actually security and IT security um, kind of companies. So, uh, and I and I want to be quite heavy in this area actually going into uh, next year. So I, I see a lot of these uh, medium companies who are moving to digital and that we've seen already a rise in online hacks. We've seen already a rise in cyber attacks. And these companies are just not going to be properly set up i feel right um and there's some really interesting companies in this um from upland software um which really seems uh, it, it's funny how a lot of these companies are already based in texas chris but uh, yeah it's just there's a lot of options with <laughs> upland software being uh, one of them and there's a few others right from z scaler to okta um there's a few other options in terms of like specific cybersecurity. Um, it's, it's actually quite a broad field. I'm going to do a bit more research, but right now it looks like Upland Software is um, my go-to, but don't hold me to that. Nice. I, I have it on my watch list, but I never fully managed to research it. So that's interesting that you have it this high up. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. As you say, there's more hacks happening. Companies need to protect their things more. Yeah. Cool. I like it. Yeah, the next, um, so Chris, number three. My next one is a sector that has been hyped up to the max in 2012 and has fallen from <laughs> did grace. Say, did you say 2012? <laughs> did I get that right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So in 2012, this was all the rave. Everyone talked about it. These stocks shot up like electric car makers do today. And um, since then, all of these stocks are 
um, kind of fallen out of market sentiment. But I think we're going to come back. So my next one is uh, 3D print and it's more broad application. I think there's there's a lot of exciting companies right now that work with car makers like uh, Stratasys that are working with Audi, 3D systems with Daimler, and more and more parts and industries are adapting this 3D print mechanism. And I think we discussed in one of our first episodes that 3D print could even be the future of home shopping because you could just get a code from a supplier and your sneaker or whatever you wanted is being made right there under your desk on your 3D printer. Um, I think this is something that people have just kind of forgotten about and it's going to come back. Maybe 20 to 21 is a little early, but looking outwards, I think 3D print is definitely the right area right now where the stocks are somewhat fairly valued to maybe jump back in. And I, I urge you to look at any of these stock charts to realize how cheap some of these have become. So Stratasys, 3D Systems, uh, Proto Labs, the, those are the only chart that is looking somewhat uh, nicely because they're in profit. And then, um, you know, SLM Solutions, uh, there, there's so many smaller players in this. Um, I think it's going to be exciting going forward. Yeah, super, super interesting that you have that so high up. Um, I think we covered it in, again, one of those episodes, Chris, where you mentioned this, um, where you mentioned the potential of this industry. And I think this is another one where um, I think I disagree, uh, which I feel like I feel like we're quite far away from that being like a real reality. But I feel like, you know, if for whatever reason, let's say a, a big company acquires a small one of these smaller companies in this space that in this niche niche space then um yeah sure that could blow up but um yeah super interested in that but i don't know i don't think i it's something i'd probably want to be in yeah you know what's missing um kind of what tesla did to cars we need someone and maybe you know nike or adidas to start having a 3D printer in their shops and boom, they do the sneaker right there. We just need a little bit of hype in that industry. And maybe it's not, you know, the home shopping. I think that's yeah, 20, 10, 20 years in the future, but maybe it's just one of these players that did what Tesla did to like autonomous driving that just brings it back up, brings it back to life. Maybe even Apple, you know, if they did your headphones in their, in their shops, Jesus, 3D printing would shoot through the roof. <laughs> Maybe it's not 2021, but it's it's one for the future. Yeah, for sure. I like it because you, 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 with um, the 10 baggers and this, you come across as a proper dreamer, Chris. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, the, the next one is the biggest company that I'm going to be doubling down on uh, next year. Um, so it's a, already a big company uh, and I feel like completely underrepresented and having a couple, a really hard couple months now, uh, and that's um, Salesforce. Uh, oh, I like it. So Salesforce, I, I'm gonna be. I, I think I'm just letting. Sorry, I'm letting the share price right now just settle before I come in. But they've made some really good purchases this year, from Tableau to uh, Slack and. The, the share price reacted to that, but it seems to have just crashed down. Uh, it's gone from around 250 down to 225. And I feel like, you know, we, we should be looking at over a 300 range. Um, and that's 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 where I, I see it being 
at the end of say next year so i feel like putting just like you put your bet up chris i think this is going to be my bet up i, I think it's a l- bit less risky than yours because um salesforce is such a big company so it's not it's never going to like crash and just die unless it unless it does a, a wire card but um it's something i really want to double down on uh for 2021 because i feel like perfect investments to complement their portfolio have been made but the price right now doesn't reflect that yeah i I really like this bet from you because, as you know, I'm I'm invested in Salesforce. <laughs> so you're just proving me right there. No, I, I totally agree. And I find it so funny that the analysts called Slack too expensive and, you know, the purchase was too expensive. But if you look across the market in any hype stock right now, they're all too expensive. But then they, they recommend these stocks, but Salesforce can't buy one of these. It's just funny. Um yeah, I really like that bet. And I think Salesforce over long, I, I totally agree. I think they're going to become one of the top five, top six players in S&P 500, in the NASDAQ. Same as Facebook and Amazon and Google are now. I think Salesforce is going to get in that row. Well, I can't choose between gaming and cannabis. Yeah, maybe, maybe, you, just, maybe you just incorporate both, Chris, like a lot of people we know at uni. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that makes sense right the two industries are actually more closely linked than you think um no i i think uh, gaming and esports are going to be huge right and and they already are you can see it in asia right korea china esports is almost bigger than real sports and i think if that wave even just in part reaches europe and america properly then gaming and esports is you know the next big industry that everyone has to be in and i think on that one gov you have that nice little etf you showed me before and i've i've actually got it in my portfolio the uh, vanek yeah etf and they have a couple yeah for sure and and it's seen some good gains this year come some of the companies in that space also will see quite a big jump this is also really high up on my list chris so there's a bit of overlap there um and if you think about some of the big players in that space there are some very underrepresented companies um let's say from china because the chinese stocks themselves have suffered uh, in the last few months have seen a, a, a crash down that could be quite a good entry point once china uh, stabilizes its uh, position right now um i think if china and the us sort of mend and have a stable outlook those companies should seriously see a, a big rise yeah i like that and then uh, secondly i think uh, cannabis and we don't partake or we don't recommend doing it at all but um, here's two two uses number one is the medical use and then secondly with that is also stress and sleep so i think once cannabis and it already made that round in the us and it's pretty much legalized across the board now isn't it there's a couple of states missing but i don't really care Uh, (laughs) if you look at the big picture (laughs) yeah if you look at the big picture in um, europe once there's even a whiff of the european parliament saying hang on let's look at maybe legalizing cannabis then it will be too late then then the train's gone so i think now is the time to get into cannabis before um all the governments realize that you know that this is actually something we should legalize for certain users yeah completely agree uh, as you know chris have got small little um stake in this already um just like you i do see a good right uh increase in this next year uh it's not however 
an industry that I'm going to increase my current uh, investment in. But I, I do already have a stake in it and I do see it increasing in FY21. Yeah. And who are you invested in, Gov? Just yeah, so I, had cam- I have Canopy Growth. Um, again, a very small share in Canopy Growth. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, I created a small pie with um, seven of these players. I think I shared it with you. It's, yeah, Canopy Growth, Innovative indus- Industrial Properties, uh, Kronos, Aurora, Tilray, Hexo. Um, again, I, I don't know which one of these players is any good, to be honest with you. I don't know which one's going to make it. Canopy seems like the most likely candidate. But I'll just split it between these seven players um, in this little pie and then hopefully see some growth from it. My next one's slightly different uh, take. Um, you just did two, Chris, so I'm going to do two that are not very, uh, that are not linked, but also linked. And the serious one is uh, Anaplan. Um, so Anaplan, we've seen this year huge surge in uh, sort of accountancy, reporting, all these sort of companies that automate it or make it a lot easier for small, medium-sized companies to do that. And Anaplan's already a huge player in that industry, around 350 million or so revenue for the year. Um, but it's one of the biggest players in when it comes to sort of cloud-based our business planning, having that type of software. So I see a huge scope. I just see that trend on these accounting-based sort of reporting companies that have really surged in 2020. I see that shifting over into whole business planning procedures and, and expanding into that space. And Anaplan's one of the biggest players in that space. So that's how I see that growing. Uh, and the second one um, is, again, a bit more lighter. Um, and it's a social network, Chris. Um, I don't know if you have any guesses, but um, it's Pinterest. Uh, and oh, okay. And the reason the reason for Pinterest is pretty simple. Um, uh, so we've seen obviously all the other um, uh, social media companies really compete hard and just end up like um, cannibalizing each other or like incorporating each other right we've seen facebook obviously take over instagram we did a whole episode on that so check it out on facebook's uh, approach and growth and the next step in that progression is making like a marketplace and so on for facebook and the next step in snapchat's progression is to go pure like conversational and like push that way and so if, if i think about a social media platform which has a really unique proposition that essentially is you don't find anywhere else is pinterest and I, I already know a huge number of people who use Pinterest. And it's one of the companies that has really boomed to the later part of this year. I think the share price is like close to doubled from September onwards. And that's purely from new traffic that's gone into it, right? Uh, and it's very simple, just like um, Facebook, it makes its money only from uh, advertising. But this is something that's growing immensely and they've now got partnership with shopify uh, which essentially just links catalogs into pinterest and i feel like this could easily rise 10 to 20 percent next year oh i really like both of these stocks i never heard of anaplan before but i i understand the application and the potential use and if they're the niche player that owns that space then boom amazing 
And then Pinterest, I've had on my watch list for a while. I think Pinterest could really make some inroads if they start getting some market share from Instagram and all these other platforms. Yeah, I think that was a good summary, I think, Chris, of... Actually, Goff, before we jump into countries and regions that we like for 2021, let me do one final bet. And the reason I put this into the same bracket as the stocks and some of the cannabis gaming uh, stuff is because I think my next bet nicely fits in. It should just be a small position in everyone's portfolio. I think Bitcoin has finally seen the light. And I, I don't mean this lightly. Uh, I, I'm not a gambler and Gov knows this very well. I don't really take a lot of risks. <laughs> so when I got in on Bitcoin for a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, we're finally seeing hedge funds and professionals invest heavily in Bitcoin. And that goes across the board. So we're seeing real companies adopting it. Which leads me to some, to my second point, and that's the adoption of Square, PayPal, some of these huge players. Number one, allowing you to buy and sell Bitcoin. PayPal will actually allow you to pay with Bitcoin. And Square is even using some of their extra cash they have to just store Bitcoin as a way to grow their value in, in, in their own company. So now we have just two small niche players, but they alone apparently buy up all the newly mined coins that are in existence. Now imagine if we get some other players coming in, and that could be you know Goldman Sachs, BlackRock, uh, Vanguard. Once these guys go in, it's it's game over, right? Then Bitcoin will become too big. So maybe now is the time to have a very small speculative uh, position in Bitcoin because I think 2021 will be a real outbreak from its current levels. And then in 2030, you know, you can only imagine where Bitcoin is. I think there's still a 50-50 chance that it'll become completely worthless because it'll be forbidden and, you know, governments won't allow you to trade with it. Um, but there's a 50-50 chance that it'll be in a completely different position as well. Um, and I mean that in a positive way. And then another reason that I found really interesting is it's that stabilizing element in a lot of Asia and Africa. Um, a lot of rich people in, in, in Africa, for example, or in China, are using Bitcoin to bring money out of the country unknown to the government. And you can only think about some of these governments that are in existence in, in, in some of the countries in Africa and Asia and China. Um, you do want to hide some of your wealth. You do want to take that out somehow. And Bitcoin is kind of the only currency that really allows you to do that without anyone knowing, without you having to put a lot of effort into it. Um, that's That was another use case I found interesting. Yeah, it's one of the topics that's consistently i mean it's been around um for a good few years now uh cryptocurrency but it's one topic that's immediately divides the room it doesn't matter where i am people have <laughs> such different opinions on it it's incredible and i'm sure um um all the listeners also do right um so it's it, it's interesting for you it's interesting to hear uh your viewpoint on it chris um I'm also in Bitcoin, but very small, um, just like I'm in um, Ethereum as well. Um, logic here is pretty simple. It's just like if I see, I see, the, if I see Bitcoin rising, and Bitcoin is definitely going to be the one that's moving the most, right? But uh, you should see other cryptos move in a similar sort of trend, uh, and and that's why I've got a little bit in Ethereum as well. Again, I'm not very heavily involved. It's just let's say for whatever reason it just jumps. Uh, and skyrockets like it has in the last month. Well, you don't want to miss that that big jump, right? So, um, so it's again high risk, highly volatile, moves so quickly, so often. 
Um, so just bear, bear that in mind. And the, the other part is, um, my other point on this is um, it's not really ready to be a currency yet. Uh, and what I mean by that is uh, just bear in mind that, you know, let's say I, I pay something online and I'm buying something in pounds. Sure, the pound fluctuates very quickly and very uh, often, but it doesn't change by that much. So my, my, my five pounds is worth, let's say, four pound ninety five or five pound ten. It's not changing like 18,000 to 20,000 in, in the space of an hour, right? So as much as Bitcoin has moved and jumped around and it's pure speculation at this point, it's just important to recognize it's not really a currency as yet because the price just jumps and varies dramatically, meaning whatever you buy when a Bitcoin, it could be worth so much more or worth nothing um, in a week. So... Yeah, it's just important to keep that in mind. Yeah, I find the Bitcoin discussion so fascinating as well because we then compare to things like gold or we compare to things like uh, just standard currencies. <clears throat> but, you know, that, that value in your bank account or that piece of gold in front of you, the only reason we give it any value is just our belief system, right? In reality, it's not worth anything. <laughs> and that's the same with Bitcoin. Maybe, maybe... Um, maybe the part of Bitcoin is just the ease of using it anywhere in the world or transferring your wealth into it and then transferring it out again in another currency. No, it, it, and maybe that's that's part of the value. Yeah, no, and, completely agree with that. Completely agree with that. It, uh, my only point on that was it's just not ready yet in, its, in, in how much it's moving right now. You can't use it in that sense. So it's still something I yeah. want to buy because let's say I could make a lot of money if it jumps in price. But it's not ready for me to buy, let's say, a laptop with Bitcoin because that investment, the vendor may have got, say, 20K for it, as an example. And in a week's time, that 20K might be 10K. So it's not it's not stable enough for it to be an actual currency. But you're completely right, Chris, in terms of like none of the other ones are based on anything since we since cash um, moved away from being banked against gold. I mean, with all, it's all based on just pure appetite and speculation. So, yeah, completely agree. We we should do a um, and we'll do this in one of the next episodes a full on Bitcoin analysis like we do with um, shares currently, because there's there's so much to this topic and and good and bad. So before you invest in Bitcoin, read through some of the negative articles and negative comments, because you need to have a view of what could happen, what could go wrong rather than just saying, oh, it will be, you know, the next big thing, because there's a 50-50 chance, as I say, of this not working out yeah, at all. The, the other part is just be careful how you do it, because um, it, unlike buying, let's say, uh, a share in Apple, these things, uh, uh, Bitcoin, as an example, trades so often on such high volume and volatility um, that, you just need to know what you're signing up for way more than what you need to know for a share. So just keep that in mind. Make sure you do your research before you get in or don't get in. Yeah, great point. Absolutely. Cool. With that, Chris, it'd be really interesting to get your viewpoint on some other countries. I know we both invested quite heavily on ETFs uh, and it'd be interesting to see kind of how you rebalance that or you don't rebalance that in FY in 2021. Um, so the number one the first one I want to check in in is the German DAX. 
Uh, is that something you're going to uh, stay putting in on a regular basis? Or how do you see that changing? Yeah, interesting question. I don't like a lot of the European indexes, or at least the main indexes, because they're full of old style, um, old industry companies. So I, I'm not actually invested in the DAX at all. Um, I'm invested in like the German all cap. And I think it has like a 200 different shares. And to be honest, Germany is not a big investing nation. So I don't see it changing massively. Um, I, I think it would just carry on as it was. I don't think there's big impulses in Germany that would make the market jump up like the US has. So I have a small position in Germany and I always will be and same in other places in Europe. If that's the case, um, wh where are you instead putting your ETF money in, uh, in terms of like, um, is it more the S&P side? Is it more emerging market side? Is it more bank side? Like which other big name ETFs are you really putting your money in? Yeah, I'll continue to top up the ETFs I have, like um, all country world and emerging markets, a bit of UK, Europe, bit of Asia. I, I think the two markets that stand out for me is number one, emerging markets. Um, Asia has proven they can handle the pandemic a lot better than the rest of the world. They have proven that they can go straight back to a growth path. And this is so important right now for uh, the global economy. I think emerging markets are still underrated. There'll be a big growth coming the next um, five to 10 years. So I, I'm topping up my emerging markets ETF. And with emerging markets, just a side note, uh, China's included in that, which is kind of funny, but yeah, China's still regarded as an emerging market. So it has about 40% weighting uh, when you look at these ETFs. So if you don't believe in China, then maybe not the right ETF. But, um, and then the second one, I think uh, uh, I classify this as turnaround, but that's the UK economy. And with that, the, the FTSE 100 and 250, I think those are going to outperform a lot of the other ETFs. Uh, reason being, we had the Brexit, Brexit deal just come in. I think we'll have higher growth rates in the UK next year, just because it has done so poorly this year. And if, with any luck, uh, the government manages to get any other good trade deals or initiatives out there that they now have with that freedom, then you know the UK is bound to have a, a good couple of years going forward. What do you think of? Because uh, I, I know you, you're, ET, you're quite ETF heavy as well, same as I do. Yeah, I, I think, I think, I think your, your point on Asia handling the virus is, is such a strong one. Um, and I feel what that means is the recovery from it is going to be pretty big. Um, so, uh, so I feel like it's 100% an area that I am going to be pushing a lot more in and, and I have been for the last say couple months in preparation for it um, so I think that's a very good point I was just very interested to know your view on say the European market so, so you're, you're right I mean some of the movements haven't been very strong uh, this year um, but I still see huge upside in both like say the FTSE 100 and, and the FTSE 250 purely from we've seen a strong recovery from all that investment that's come in i feel like this it's it's very pandemic dependent so i mean we're currently in lockdown um recovery on that lockdown could be quite vague and also the vaccine side is quite vague so if we didn't have this sort of second wave and vaccines and so on i i really think 2021 would have been a big blowout here for the FTSE 100 uh, but 
we may not have that anymore because of um, the uncertainty right now with the pandemic and the new strains. Yeah, that's a great shout. I've, I think I also have a, an honorable mention in, in my list that I just I was just looking through. I uh, nearly forgot to mention it. So one of my best performing ETFs this year has been India. <laughs> and that's because I've, I've uh, hit it at the bottom pretty much in the crash. And I didn't just want to get in India because of the crash. Uh, I, I think India going forward, one of the most key markets in the world. And I'd love to get your take on it afterwards, Gov. But number one, India is a lot closer to the West. And that is in the political system in you know language uh, uh business laws and other things regulations so it's very easy for companies to just set up in india and then hire the right people for their job and can communicate back these things become really complicated in other emerging markets you know even brazil or uh, russia china it becomes very complicated i think india is still so underrated as a market so i i will continue to still invest in my india etf uh, as a standalone portion as well. What, what's your take on India? What, where where is it right now? Because it's not even at an all time high. Yeah, I think I think we had a pretty deep um, chat on this one, Chris. Um, I think near the time that you were investing uh, in it, um, it's super interesting because, like you say, the link is so strong um, to to the West. I mean. Let's take two of the biggest companies in the U.S., right, with uh, Microsoft and Google, like the biggest companies. Uh, and they both have sort of um, CEOs with Indian heritage, right, in, in uh, Satya Nadella and uh, Sundar Pichari. So it's, you can definitely see an outcome where we uh, say they want to reduce the risk of exposure in, say, China and Philippines and some of these other countries where it's just not very stable and less, lot less. So you know a lot less of what you're going to get uh, and moving that production to a place like India, which again, labor is still cheap, probably not as cheap as the other ones, um, like the other countries I've just mentioned, but you could definitely see the same scale of output coming out. And India itself, just within India itself, there's been a huge rise. I mean, in, 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 um, companies expanding i mean historically it used to be very sort of like uh tech uh background heavy in terms of um like call center support it support all of that stuff that was very heavy but as technologies improved uh the indian companies themselves have really uh, improved yeah. and now they offer a lot more sort of broad-based uh um uh services right and SaaS companies are really trendy right Chris so definitely a space that could grow in next year uh, especially with where we're at right now yeah I like it I think with that we've given you a pretty good um, outlook of where we think 2021 is heading uh, again you know do your own research because we're not professionals but overall I see the trend going further up uh, central banks have kind of put a a floor underneath where the stock market can possibly fall under because of you know the the buying of bonds because of keeping the economy propped up with low interest and low interest brings me to my second point there is currently nothing else people can invest in savings accounts pure trash um 
property, super expensive or not as liquid. And then uh, what else do you have out there? There's not too many things you can still invest in that give you good returns. Bond rates are at its lowest as well. So I think the stock market will continue to rise and have a good year, probably for a few years now. And we haven't even gone, got, I guess we haven't even gone into, you know, the, the obvious winners that will continue to win. And that's, you know, Amazon, ASOS, Zalando in, in Europe, the stay-at-home winners. Uh, and then with that, you could also mention you know, PayPal, Square, just key companies that will uh, drive forward that digital transformation that is happening. People learn to shop from home. They actually liked it and they'll continue using those services. I don't I don't think those will go away. So if you have a lot of stay-at-home winners in your portfolio, it's probably uh, good to keep them if you keep them for the long term, the next five to 10 years. Yeah, c- couldn't agree more, Chris. Um Again, it's bear, it's important to know that all of these com- the companies that have uh, thrived this year, that trend is going to slow, but the big players are still going to be the big players. And, you know, this uh, working from home thing is not going to go away, right? So, um, you know, even just to add to what Chris said, even companies like Zoom, are pretty, we should probably see a pretty decent uh, uptick in that as well, um, just... And we were just going through what we think would be the big, strong highlights that we'd want to invest in or double down on. And and with that, we, we haven't even mentioned, you know, the big guys, the big guys that are driving the S&P 500. And you have Amazon, Microsoft, you have Netflix, Google. And I think we, we do believe they'll continue, they'll continue to grow. They'll continue to be dominant. But the next two years might be the other areas we mentioned that will grow more than these big players that are already worth a trillion dollars, you know, um, worth more than some economies in, in a whole, Apple is. Uh, don't, so, yeah, don't, 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 f- uh, don't forget right. about the Tesla, baby. Don't forget about Tesla. Uh, if you guys want to see the big deep dive into that, check out, I think it's episode five or whatever, where we go into Tesla into a bit lot of detail. Uh, I, I, I agree, but I, I have a lot of concern, Chris, actually, with those big players. Um, those really big players with, oh, yeah? with, the, with the US companies, uh, bringing them into a lot more scrutiny with monopolization of markets and trying to understand, uh, you know, how they can be split up. So I have a bit of concern. I think 2021 is probably too soon for, let's say, an Amazon or like a Apple to like break into different companies. But I, I do have a little bit of a concern, uh, let's say, in a couple of years time that those companies do have to break up because they're just way too big and way too strong. Yeah, that's a fair point. So to close out then, Chris, um, name one stock that you think is going to be awful next year. <laughs> I I can't decide which one, but one of the battery car makers, <laughs> and I would include I would include Nikola in that um, that Nikola uh, hydrogen uh, fake. So either them or um, Tesla will stay as they are or go lower actually let me let me call out nikola then um because i I don't you know tesla you never know what's going to happen and uh, people are going crazy about it so um you can't call it and then um uh, wire card right (laughs) (laughs) i'm still sore chris i'm still i'm still sore yeah we can't do that anymore Uh. (laughs) Uh, what, what, what do you think um, my my choice is 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 a is a little boring, I guess, with all of this. By the end of next year, uh, Apple would have lost 
10%. Um, For a company that size, it's pretty big. Um, We're talking... What is it? Trillion dollar company, right? <laughs> so so I, I am I'm calling out a big player there. But essentially it's at an all-time high. We're seeing the best products that they've ever created right now. But sales haven't been mind-blowing. The competitor sales are pretty strong. It's still like if you ask me right now, the best say iPad is a, is an Apple, but phone is probably uh the um iPhone 12 Pro. So unless, literally the only saving grace, I think, if they don't come out with a mind-blowing phone uh, next year, I, I, I do I do, I do, do really see it, say a 10% drop. It's at around 132 right now. Um, and I see it dropping to around the 120, 110 range. Wow, I like there, it. There's controversy to end the episode. A lot of controversy. <laughs> All the Apple fanboys will be in your inbox. <laughs> No, a great, great company gonna lose ten percent. <laughs> oh, on a positive, uh, one or two stocks that you think are going to definitely be twenty five percent, fifty percent higher next year. <laughs> well, I think I think uh, on on the part. Uh, I'm sorry. I think Chris, with the last ten episodes, I'm just gonna bank on a couple of those ten baggers, mate, <laughs> and they'll come through. I think. <laughs> no, no ten baggers allowed. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I, I, I honestly think um, a company, the Chinese companies, I think it's so dependent on if China and US just sort themselves out a little bit. Because I think a company like Alibaba, it's way too much risk right now. I mean, I'm I, I'm already invested in it. Um, but if that relationship could be tidied out, you can see that surging 25% easy uh, over yeah. the course of the year. So that that's probably going to be my... Um, um, wait, what was uh, my my speculative bet, um, Chris? I like it. Uh, I I put one name in the round, and you're gonna laugh about this. Um, Aston Martin. <laughs> um, they they'll be twenty five percent to fifty percent higher next year. Um, and if that's not the case, then I'll be already out of the stock by then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then. Uh, since I can't mention Bitcoin, let me put another one in there. Um, Vata, German company, does batteries. I think I had mentioned them as a 10 You said 10 bag is not allowed, Chris. What's going on? <laughs> um, just, just. Yeah. No, no. Actually, that's a good point. Just look at all the 10 baggers we had over the year. I think most of these will be 25% plus. So, so we, um, we'll be doing a review in, say, six months' time on uh, and see how these sort of 10 baggers have performed so um make sure you subscribe i know that's a while away but make sure you stay tuned for that uh, chris it, very interesting before we close off very interesting that neither of us picked one medical or pharma company um in a year where she's been filled with vaccine drama vaccine releases you think one of these these companies are going to just boom for next year but what why don't either of us have it um, what's your logic for not having any of these mentioned yeah wow interesting observation i think it's all priced in i think the only way for pharma companies now is probably down but uh, I, I do say that over the next five to ten years we'll probably see a lot of healthcare innovative companies that will rise you know crispr therapeutics that kind of space i don't see the existing pharma companies doing much they don't invest enough in research and development. They don't take any risks. 
those won't be them those won't be the key players over the next years but um, probably like the healthcare innovative type um, companies those are more interesting what do you think interesting thought there chris um the reason i don't have it is because um i feel like i've not on i don't understand those companies well enough right now like if i look at the sectors i've lost money this year the one that stands out is pharma um <laughs> i've just like innovio moderna all companies that at some point or the other boomed uh, but that I, I just either got in at the wrong time or I feel like I just didn't understand. I didn't understand them well enough. So so I didn't want to call them out for 2021 because I just feel like I don't know them well enough. So I'm going to do a lot more research, I think, for next year. But I still think this is a space, like you said, Chris, that there's potentially going to be a lot of disruption. And it's just going to be super high in demand, right? Um, yeah. Even if it's not through direct pharma, maybe even like medical insurance, those type of companies could also be a big uh, increase. Like after a pandemic is a perfect time for people to, you know, go and make sure they're insured. Right. So, um, yeah, it's just still not an area that I know well enough and what's priced in, what's not priced in the timelines. I just don't understand any of those things right now. So that's an area that for me to improve on for next year, I think. Yeah, I think great closing comment. So um, I think we have at least 45 minutes here from what I can see from my recording uh, <laughs> of you guys to get through. If you made it this far, appreciate it. If you could, you know, subscribe to the podcast, follow us on our social media channels. And if you can rate the podcast on your platform, that'll help us as well. So yeah, thanks for your continued support. Uh, if, if you're going on your run, just make sure you finish strong. <laughs> <laughs> if you're, if you're, yeah, yeah. yeah if, if you listen to this on your run yeah push the last 100 meters go yeah. on <laughs> well i can't choose between gaming and cannabis yeah, maybe maybe you just maybe just incorporate both, Chris. Like a lot of people we know at uni. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that makes sense, right?